altars of destiny. Um, and it's somewhat sort of a continuation of last week. We dealt with altars of dominion. Amen. And in dealing with altars of dominion, we dealt with Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. He says, in the beginning, uh, God says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion. Amen. He says, let them have dominion. He says, give them their identity. Shift him into the when he makes him in the original state. He says he's got the God class. Amen. He makes him an exact duplicate of kind of himself. So when God looked at Adam that he created, he saw himself in Adam. Are you with me? Then he says likeness, and likeness is the ability to function. Likeness speaks of you having the same potential that God has. Amen. So when he brought the animals to Adam to name them, Adam didn't just say lion and, and put the uh, it wasn't just a naming thing, if I, if I can put it that way. It was actually when Adam named them, the name that he gave, gave that being functionality. Are you with me? When he called it lion, lion's traits and everything about the lion came forth in the being because he had the same creative power on the inside of him. So God said, exercise your power. Now, I'm not going to do it for you. Why? Because my likeness, the ability to function like me is in you. Are you with me? So he gives him his identity and he gives him his likeness. And then he says, let them have dominion, which is rather rulership, dominion, and speaks of kingdom rule. Are you with me? So God is saying, I'm making you as a son and a daughter in my image and in my likeness. And you will go to this place called earth. And upon this earth, you will establish my kingdom, my rule in that place. Are you with me? So that's the big picture. That's the original design of God for mankind, the species, not for a Christian very quiet. Not for a religion. This should actually be recorded in the history books of the beginning. <laughs> this is not only for the church. Are you with me? This information and this what, 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 we, what I'm sharing with you, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, is for the world. It's for every being that's living. That's how we came here. We didn't come through a monkey. Evolution, you need faith to believe evolution. Because it cannot be proven. They can't recreate the same environment and produce the same result. Are you with me? That's only when it becomes scientific proof is when they can put something in the same environment and create the same result over and over and over and over again that it's a proven theory. Are you with me? For Darwin's laws of, of, of evolution, they even came up against him further down and they had to adapt it to make sure that it worked because what he said in the beginning was not true. So you need the same faith to believe that lie that you come from a monkey <laughs> and to believe that you come from God. I'm choosing this side. Are you with me? So this is not just about Christianity and stuff. This is when God made the being called man, the species called mankind. Are you with me? So here's the overarching original intent and purpose of God. But then obviously Adam sins. You with me? Adam falls, he falters, he makes the mistake. I'm just glad it wasn't me. I know people are going to have some words with him. <laughs> you know, the good thing about now, let me just say this to you, is that through Jesus, we can't mess it up. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? There's not going to be another Adam. Because the last Adam fixed everything. So because he sinned, Jesus came onto the scene and Jesus fixed everything. And now through him, we are restored back to our image and our likeness. Are you with me? And the assignment is dominion. The challenge is that we've been sitting in a camp as the church 
dealing with being saved and going to heaven, but not experiencing the life that God has ordained in the earth. There's a miss. Are you with me? Not in this church. Not in this church. Are you with me? There's a miss, but it's because the, 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 the enemy came to set up a system called religion. Religion is not from God. <laughs> religion is not by God. God did not set up religion. He set up kingdom. He set up kingdom. Are you with me? So, Jesus comes, fixes everything, strips the enemy of his power, strips him of all, all that was given to him by Adam, the first Adam, and as the last Adam takes it back, so he restores your identity through the born again process, born of a new seed. Are you with me? He restores your likeness, your ability to function. You have, we dealt to the Pentecost last week and the uh, baptism of the Holy Ghost. You now have access to the same power of God. The very power of God. It's not even like, like, it is the power of God that is functioning and flowing in and through you when you get baptized by the Holy Ghost. Come on. The God who created everything that you see, that same power is locked up on the inside of you. That's why when you speak a word or when you pray a prayer, it's not the same like anybody else. Are you with me? It comes from a different place. The power that you have is so different to anybody else. Every other power besides the power of God upon your life is perverted power. It's not true. The truth is what? It's what God did in the beginning. So Jesus comes and restores everything. And now we have the overarching purpose back. We made in the image and in the likeness. And we are called to have dominion. What I want to deal with today is the steps to get to the place of dominion. Are you with me? I want to get to that because the thing is, at the end of the day, when God restored everything, He restored us. Are you with me? He restored the being mankind. Are you with me? But the earth and the world and its system is still in place. So it's not exactly like it was in the beginning. The fullness of the kingdom will only come at the end when Jesus comes. But we call to express the kingdom wherever we go, for influence to take place, for kingdom culture to take place wherever you go. That's why it's not for you to go start a company and kick out everybody that's not saved. <laughs> no, you need them in your environment submitted to the Spirit of God that is in you so that they can take on the culture of the kingdom and be saved, are you with me, and be disciple and expand the kingdom of God. Are you with me this morning? So this morning what I want to do is I want to take, take a look at, if you look at it's one of my favorite pieces, and I even was speaking to Aaron yesterday about it. It's when you look at the pattern of what happened in the Old Testament between Israel, the wilderness, Israel breaking out of Egypt, coming into the wilderness and into the place of dominion. Are you with me? They had to break out of one place, go through another place, to come into the assigned place. Are you with me? And I want to draw some truths from that this morning in order for us to see the steps that we need to take to possess what God has ordained for you to possess. Because every single person that has been born, hear me? Not just churched. Not just a Christian in the religious form. Not just a born again believer. Every single person on this planet has a purpose. They've been ordained by God to be here. It's because one generation has not fulfilled their purpose. That so many people are not connecting to their purpose. 
Are you with me this morning? So we have a responsibility as a generation to stand up and do what God has called us to do so that the next generation will have a greater flow of the kingdom like never been experienced or seen before. The seeds that you're sowing in your lifetime that you will never sit under the shade of those trees. But somebody's got to be okay with it. So that the next can experience what God wants him to experience. Amen. Amen. So let's deal with that this morning. We're going to deal with four Ps this morning. Purpose, process, priesthood, and possession. Purpose, process, priesthood, and possession. So let's start with purpose. When dealing with the purpose of God, when you have dominion as the overarching picture, are you with me? It's the overarching picture. That's the design for you and for me. Are you with me? We call to dominate. That's why people will always rise up against injustice. Whether they do it in a perverted manner or, an, or in the righteous manner, they're still going to raise up against it. Why? Because you were not ordained to be dominated. Oh, he's playing that thing. Okay. That was an annoying thing, but it's okay. Are you with me? So, God ordains that and scribes it inside of you. Are, you. are you with me? And that's the design of man. But then there's a specific destiny that you call to fulfill in your lifetime. There's a specific plan and a peace that is assigned to you in your lifetime. When you take the children of Israel, and when you take them sitting in bondage for, for 400 years, you see how they were delivered from Egypt, right? I don't want to go too much in the deliverance of Egypt, but what I want you to recognize is that the way they were delivered, they did nothing. It took no effort from them. All they had to do was bring a sacrifice. That's all. And make sure the sacrifice met the standards of what God had said it must meet. It must be a firstborn lamb, either from a goat or from a sheep. Kill it. Put the blood on the doorpost. And then eat it. Cook it and eat the whole lamb. He says, then the angel of death will come and pass over. That's where Passover. You read Revelation. That's Revelation. It will pass over and will not touch your household. But to everybody who does not have the sacrifice and does not have the blood, the firstborn in that household will die. So all they had to do is what? Bring the sacrifice. And when they brought the sacrifice, death passed over and they were delivered. When you get born again, it's got nothing to do with you. It's not your goodness. It's not your niceness. It's got absolutely nothing to do with you. All that is required is the sacrifice must meet the standard of what God wanted. So when you bring Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, can you see the pattern? When you bring Him before God, the sacrifice is accepted and righteousness is imputed to you. You didn't do anything. Are you with me? That's why I say with Adam, I cannot opgemors. With Jesus, you can't mess it up. Because your past, your present, and your future sins are forever forgiven. You see, the lamb had to be how old? One year. That means the lifespan of your righteousness was one year. So next year, to bring another one for one year. But Jesus was eternal. So the sacrifice was eternal. 
That means your righteousness is eternal. Are you with me? There's no timeline. You don't have to bring another sacrifice. You don't have to come again next year and say, oh, you know, possibly here. No, I bring Christ, Jesus, the Lamb of God. And I'm delivered. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, he says, you delivered out of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. He says, he's taken you out of Egypt and bondage. And I bring you out of a place of death that now you can have eternal life in Christ Jesus. Are you with me? So, there's the deliverance that takes place. There's the freedom that takes place. God restores your image and your identity. But now he's got you on a journey. It doesn't stop there. You know what I'm saying? You're not supposed to just get out and then camp right there. That's not how you're supposed to live your life. God's got a journey. He says, I'm going to take you out, but I'm going to take you through and then take you into. Are you with me? So if you go to Genesis, Genesis chapter 15 verse 12. It says, now when the sun was going down, deep sleep fell upon Abraham. And behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. And then he said to Abraham, know certainly that your descendants, listen here, will be strangers in a land that's not theirs. And will serve them and they will afflict them how many years? 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge. Afterward they will come out with what? With great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your father's house in peace. He says what? And then go to the next one. I just think he says something there that I want. But in the fourth generation, go next one. I just want to see something. No. So what God is basically promising is this place called Canaan, this place called the place of promise, you're going to have. But what's going to happen is your descendants are first going to go to another nation, and that nation is going to oppress them for 400 years. Then when they come out, I'm going to give them that land. So the nation that has been delivered is living under prophetic destiny. There's a destiny upon that nation. Why? Because God is saying, I'm taking you out now. Because I'm taking you into. It's the promise I made then. It's the prophetic destiny upon that congregation. Here's the parallel. Think about it. When you have a church and a people, a congregation, there is a destiny assigned to this altar. There's a specific plan and purpose of God assigned to this altar. Are you with me this morning? But let's break it down. They were a nation, they got delivered. They went into the place of promise, but when they went into the place of promise, big picture, each tribe and each family had a peace. So the fulfillment of the prophetic destiny upon this church cannot be fulfilled until the people take the pieces that God has ordained for them. Are you with me? So if you think of a puzzle, when you pick up a puzzle, you see the nice picture in the front. That's the promise. That's what this is going to look like if you put all the pieces together. You understand what I'm saying? So God gives Apostle Max what? The promise. He says, here's the picture. But God sends the pieces. Each and every one of us, we are peace in the puzzle. So you can't take your peace. And go play in another puzzle. You won't fit. <laughs> but when you fit and you connect, you are part of a bigger. 
Are you with me this morning? So each and every person that's sitting under the sound of my voice, each and every person on the live stream that's connected to this altar, you're a piece of the bigger picture. So why do you think the enemy will always come with a strategy to divide the church? Just think about it. Because he knows your power is in the connection. The power is when you fit. That's why you can go to other churches, you can hear the word in the word is nice, but you know you don't fit there. It's got nothing to do with the church. It's got everything to do with you. Because you ain't in that puzzle. Are you with me? So God gives them, he says, here's the prophetic destiny. God gives Kingdom Life Embassy a prophetic destiny. God says, I'm going to do this through this church. That's why apostle preaches a certain message. He preaches a certain way. Because the same way you are peace in the bigger picture, this church is only a peace in the bigger picture, which is the kingdom. You understanding me? We only have a part to play. We only have a piece of the pie. We're not everything. This church is not called to do everything. No, we're very specific about what we do. Are you understanding me? That's why your apostle is designed a certain way because God will raise up a Moses to be burdened with the picture. More than the people. <laughs> Moses wanted it more than the people even wanted it because he saw the picture. Are you with me? So when God drops it in a place like this, He drops a church, He drops an altar in a place, it's for purpose. It's to bring us out, it's to train us, it's to develop us so what? So we can go and end up. Because destiny is basically God's destination. It's a destination. You know when you come to your destiny, when you reach the destination of your destiny. So you're on a journey, are you with me? So when God assigns it in a place, He knows what picture the next generation needs. He knows. He knows what picture governments need. He knows what picture education needs. God sets it up because He puts it on that place to change the space so you can influence it for the kingdom of God. So when you come to a church and you're connected to this church, let me tell you something now. Your role in fulfilling the purpose of what God has given the Moses is essential for the testimony of this vision. Amen. The size of the vision that you submitted to is showing you the size of the destiny that God's placed inside of you. There must be a match. So I'm telling you now that you're designed for greatness. I'm telling you right now that your destiny is big. I'm telling you why. Because the vision is massive. <laughs> it's massive. What God wants to do in this generation, just look at the state of the world and you can recognize what God wants to do in this place. Are you understanding me? Each and every one of you are a vital piece of the bigger puzzle in this house. So when you're winning and you're taking ground, think about it when they went into the place of promise. 
God said, this whole place is yours. If we're only camping in the corner there, we've got the piece of the pie. Are you with me? We only fulfill the piece of what God wanted to do. That means every other generation that is sitting this side of what you've taken over will have to wait until somebody else comes to fulfill what God is assigned them to fulfill. So they will sit under bondage and sit in darkness because we didn't go to where we were supposed to go. Are you with me? So that's why when even like, you know, when you come into the ministry and, and you get a prophetic word, that word is so far from you. It's like, it's like shoot, me? I, um, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. What is it? That prophet is seeing the piece of the puzzle shaped, right colors, right positioning, and saying, this is you. You're just not there yet. But that's the outcome for your life. I want you even in the season, just something practical. Go in your journal. Everybody should have a journal, whether it's a, a phone journal, a, a book journal, a whatever journal, a prayer journal. And go right in there, the prophetic words that were spoken over your life. The words that were ministered to you from this altar. Go and write it down so you can start to align and frame your life by the prophetic words that were spoken over you. So that you can start to move in the direction that God wants you to move. Amen. So number one is what? It's purpose. You here for a purpose. I don't care if they say you are light, lamaki, or a mistake. Are you with me? You were born for a purpose. It's like when, when my son Israel, don't, don't do that. It's like when my son Israel was, was born. He wasn't planned. Are you with me? Not at all. When Erin first thought she was pregnant, I said, you don't confess that words out of your mouth. She's like, I said, babe, nothing. You don't speak that word in this season. But God had a plan. It wasn't my plan. God had a plan. And when he came, I said, Lord, what must I name this boy? Why is he here? The Lord said, you name him Israel. He said, because he and Judah will be like two kingdoms that protect and preserve one another. And because of your life in ministry, he said, because of your life in ministry, you will have to be away from your children quite a bit, but they won't feel it because of the relationship they will have. Let me tell you something. In the beginning, those boys didn't care if I was there or wasn't there. It was supernatural. But God knew. What I thought was a mistake, God had purpose. Are you with me? So I don't care how you came here. I don't care how you came here. I'm just telling you that you are assigned for greatness. Amen. But here's the challenge. Many people get the prophetic word, then they run. The pastor said, oh, I'm anointed to preach. And more and more, stands in the taxi rank, met your loudspeaker, sauna covering, sauna word on your mouth, and you're preaching what gospel, I don't know. I don't know the Lord says, you, you run. No, there's a process. Because first it's purpose. Why? God's showing you where you're going. Process is the preparation to develop you and train you to become the person that is needed for the fulfillment of the destiny. 
You see, there's things that's around you even right now that's waiting for you, but they're waiting for the right version of you. They're waiting for the right version because you're refusing the process. Let me tell you something now. I've learned to appreciate process because I understand the outcome of process, but process is still not nice. Because any season that you prune, but the purpose is what? For you to bear more fruit. It's because God's saying there's more. Are you understanding me? And because there's more, he's saying, let me cut this away because this thing is feeding from you, which it should not be taking. This, this energy and this life I can pour in something else to produce more fruit for my kingdom. Are you understanding me? So when God takes you into the wilderness, he says, think about it. They come out of Egypt, right? The Bible says he's standing before the Red Sea and there's a pillar of fire. Keeping the Egyptians away from them. And God says, okay, raise your, raise your staff. Go through the Red Sea. He goes through the Red Sea. Brings outside. He kills the enemy. They come out loaded. They strip the Egyptians. The Bible says, the day you're born again, you have everything you could ever need. So you're loaded. The Bible says that none of them will seek no feeble. That means health and healing is your portion from the day you delivered. It's in you. Are you with me? They get through the breakthrough of the Red Sea. God gives them two years before he takes them to the point where they're going to cross over. It was a short, I think they say, some say 11, some say 14-day journey, some say a month journey. But God took them two years. Why? God wanted to establish some stuff in the wilderness before they even thought of the promise. So God, in that two years, He gives them what? The Ten Commandments. He gives them the tabernacle, the ark. Shows them how to worship. Gives them the pillar of fire to lead them by night and then the cloud to lead them by day. Are you with me? Gives them the priesthood, tells him how to sacrifice in order to make sure that the favor of God stays upon them. Are you with me? God gives them a complete system. That system is not a religious system. It's a governmental system. <laughs> they were a slave people with no law, no governance, no true leadership, nothing. They only had Moses, the priest. Are you with me? So when God brings them out, He can't leave them slaves and tell them just be. No, He makes them a people by giving them a government. It was a theocratic rule, which means they were led by God's instruction and God's laws. So God establishes them. He says, now you're a nation. you got your own parliament. What's your parliament? The ark, the tabernacle, and the priesthood. The laws that are there, they govern you. Moses added 600 laws to the law. So if you think it's just the Ten Commandments you must keep, I'm sorry. There's no says on it. But now they're a nation. Now they're people. They have a God, and now God says, let's go. And they come to a place called Kadesh Barnea. And in Numbers chapter 13, if we can just go there quickly. Verse 26. So two-year preparation, two-year process. God says, okay, I'll bring you here. Now, we're going to go over. Send 12 spies over and let them come back and give us word. Are you with me? It says, now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Hear me something. Words are more powerful than physical evidence. Because they saw the size of the fruit, but the word that they received caused the unbelief in their hearts. 
Now, then they told him and said, we went into the land where you sent us and truly flows with milk and honey. They're saying, this place is loaded. And this is its fruit. They show the manifestation of the goodness. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak, who is the giants there. Keep going. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and all those people go. Next one. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession before we are well able to overcome it. One. Next. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people saw in the great stature. And it, what happens is they can't go in. Why? Because the person that they needed to be to possess that place, they were not because they refused the process. You see, you want that life, and it's right. You want the fulfillment of destiny and purpose, and it's right. But you've got to be willing to be processed by God in order to become what you need to become, to handle it when it comes. Otherwise, that thing will destroy you. Are you with me? So you must embrace process. So how does God deal with you in process? God processes you in the wilderness. If you go to Joshua chapter 5 or 7, it says, Then Joshua circumcised their sons, and it says, Whom he raised up. That he is a capital H. That means God raised up the next generation. When they did that thing and they came back and they said, We're not going in, God says, Okay, everybody 20 years old and over, you're going to die in the wilderness. You'll stay here. You'll never transition and go and possess what I've assigned for you to possess. You're going to stay here in this place of process and preparation. And what I'm going to do is everybody under 20, I'm going to raise them up myself with kingdom understanding, with the principles that I, that I have set out for them, and they're going to go in and they're going to possess the land. Are you with me? So, they take another 38 years and in the 38 years, remember that judgment was besides Joshua and Caleb, eh? For the 38 years, God raises up the next generation and prepares them for what's to come. So let's deal with certain stuff that was prepared. Number one, don't make a temporary place a permanent destination. In your season of processing, hear me, it's never nice. But so many people can either get offended or feel like the victim and they stay there. And God won't move you. You've got to respond. Are you, are you with me this morning? You Say, we responding. Say, we responding. Amen. This church knows about process. We embrace process. We embrace preparation. Why? Um, understanding now, which is after 16 years of walking with Apostle Max, that this is actually required for me to get what I want to get in the kingdom of God. I can't bypass the process. People that want to bypass the process, all you do is you go around the mountain again. And God will wait for you. But He's not going to push you in. Are you with me? Because you, it will kill you there. So don't make a permanent, a permanent place in a temporary situation. Don't make permanent decisions. In temporary situations. People get divorced so quickly. Just because something. No. Wait first. And hear what is God saying. I don't know why I said this. But the Lord knows somebody needed to hear that. Number two. He had the pillar of fire and the cloud. The cloud speaks of the apostolic. And the fire speaks of 
the prophetic. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, Ephesians 2, 19, it says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone. He says, you need the apostolic and you need the prophetic. Why? Because this is governmental gifts. This is not religious roles in society. Please hear me. It's one of the biggest transitions and transformations in our thinking that we need to make is that the church is some sort of religious organization. It was not God's intention, and it was not what Jesus said, and it was not what Jesus saw. When you're dealing with the prophetic and the apostolic, the apostolic has got a governmental anointing that when an apostle goes in a place, it's to do what? To subdue that place with the kingdom of God. There's a grace upon him to go into a place and take over. That's why the apostle will assign your portion. So the apostle will create the foundation and the covering and the prophetic will tell you what to see and where we're going. It deals with the divine instruction of God. That's why whenever the apostolic or the prophetic moved, what did they have to do? Pack up and move. You see, when he releases a word or he says we're going in this direction and you fight the word, you're not learning the lesson. The lesson is what? When the prophetic and the apostolic moves, I move. Because when I stay alongside them, and when I stay in the movement with them, I'm staying in the flow of God. So when God brings you to a house, and you're going through a season of preparation, it's to do what? It's to teach you these things. Because you don't know how to follow God yet. I didn't. I had no idea. Are you with me? I had no idea. I, you, you said that God is a Jesus, I'm saved. Okay, now what? Okay, now you must do this. Now you must pray. Now you must get up. We had to get up what time in the morning? We had to come to apostles, I think, five or six o'clock every day for prayers. Every day, Monday to Friday. Saturday is corporate prayers for the church, and Sunday, eight to nine, nine o'clock is prayers before the service. So you're praying seven times a day. Why? Because the prophet and the apostle said so. You might not even have understanding. But you don't need understanding to be obedient. You see, this is the place where people don't break into what God wants for them. It's the space. It's the process. It's the preparation. So when God gives you the apostolic and the prophetic, it's to guide you and to lead you. Are you with me? That cloud covered them from the harshness of the environment. You see, you're still living in a harsh environment. You still have the world to contend with, but the apostolic covering upon your life can cover you from feeling the rays of that sun that will burn you. And the prophetic insight will give you direction for your life when you don't know which way to go. Are you with me? Number two, it gives you the, number three, sorry, it gives you the church. It's the ecclesia, a governmental assembly. When he gave them the temple, it was a sign of government. We see it as a religious thing. It had nothing to do with religion. It had everything to do with government. Why? Because the ark of the covenant was in there. And the ark represented the kingdom of God and the presence of God himself. So they had the government of God in their midst. To do what? To establish them as a nation and as a people. Called unto God. A kingdom of priests. So when you have understanding of what God does in the season, in the wilderness, you don't have territory. 
It's desert. Not desert. It's desert. There's nothing there. You don't need that territory. There's no water. Are you with me? God, to make water come from a rock. There's no food. They couldn't grow crops and stuff. There was, what did they have? They had manna falling from heaven. God had to provide supernaturally in that place. Are you with me? So when you come into your first steps and you're walking through the process, God will give you the church, the government, the altar for you to be prepared to go where you need to go. You see, here you can make mistakes and it should be okay. Here you can be corrected and it's fine because it's a safe place. Here you must make a mistake and you must take the correction and heed it because out there, you make that same mistake. The devil don't play games. He come after you. But this is a safe place. This is where you must serve your gift. Because you didn't even know you had a gift before you came to the kingdom. So when God breathes upon you, this is where you come to build. Why? God's preparing you. I sit in meetings and in boardrooms now, and it's the same understanding that God gave me when I had to build here for all that years. The same way I was taught and trained out to think I think there and they can't understand why I think like it. But where do you think I got it? Not when I was selling drugs before I came here. It happened here. I was trained here. So that when I go there, the same things I was taught here, I apply there. From a governmental perspective, a dominion perspective, near character that I want to go set up a little prayer thingy there. If God tells you do it, then do it. But that's not the purpose of you being there. The purpose of you being there is to have influence over everyone. I need to move. The fourth one is God's provision. The provision at this level is for you and your household. So God gives you man. He says, you only take enough today for you and your household, and you're only going to eat today of this thing, and tomorrow I'm going to send more. God's showing them dependence. He says, you can depend on me. I'll take care of you. He gives them enough water to feed 3,000 people. You know, when they ask God, when, when Moses, the people want meat, he says, I can bring them. He says, how are you going to feed all these people? God says, do you, is there anything too hard for me to do? No, because God will provide for you. God will bless you. Are you with me when Balak and Balaam tried to curse the people? He said, I can't curse these people because what God is blessed, I cannot curse. So even in your place of process, even in your place of preparation, the blessing is still upon you. It's not that you're not blessed. You might think, oh God, why? No, 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 there's still provision. Are you with me? But it's not the end game. So even though you're experiencing the blessing and even though you're experiencing the provision, if it's only enough for you and your family, it's not enough. The Bible says a good man lives in it for his children's children. And the wealth of the sin is there for the just. The wealth transfer is attached to a good man. That lays up what? For his children's children. So what do they teach you? And you grow up. Even my dad told me. He said, he said I don't need to love you. He said, all I need to do is provide a roof for you. Give you an education. And when it's time for you to go, you need to go. So straight up. But they were taught that way. So all you do is what? I'm going to sacrifice in my season. And I'm going to make sure my children have a good education. So that they stand a chance. The devil is a liar. What God has ordained for your life is far beyond a life like that. There must be so much in you. Hear me. 
that you can feed your children and your children's children and they will be a blessing to the community and the places that they've been assigned to. There must be so much wealth all around you that if anybody in the kingdom needs a job, needs a place, needs finances, they must be able to come to you and say, this man is a distribution center for the kingdom of God. But it doesn't happen in the wilderness. Are you with me? Building the temple, I spoke about that, where God will use what you have and what it does. He does. He says, first bring your stuff here. That's why your tithe is so important. Your tithe is a 10%. So a small piece. So a small piece of what God has blessed you with. What is God teaching you? He's saying, I'm teaching you priority. Put the government first. Because when you submit to this government, you know, if you want to do work for, for any political party, they want you to sign up as a member of that party. Because then you receive the benefits of that party. And they want you to make a payment to the party, to partake of that party. They can't give you nothing. The Lord says, when you bring your tithe into my storehouse, I will open up the windows of heaven upon your life. Why? Because you have a direct connection to heaven. And heaven's supply, and heaven's provision, and heaven's protection. Through a tenth. And people struggle with a tenth. Not in this house. Not in this house. God will use your gift, your talents, your serving, your time, everything. He says, he says who, when, when, when Moses came and said, we're going to build this thing like this, who built it? Not Moses. The people. Who had the provision for it? The people who had the skills for it, the people who had the mind for it, the people who had the anointing for it, the people. So God paints the picture and He puts everything on the people. So if this building project is going to be 50 million, 100 million, it means it must come from where? The people. That means there's millionaires and billionaires sitting under the sound of my voice. Think about it. The Bible says they gave such an offering that Moses had to say, stop giving because you've given too much. <laughs> That's how loaded they were. Amen. There's a building project that we're busy with. We finalized the drawings this week. We Apostles happy now. Now we can go to the next stage. That building is going to cost. But it's on who? So when I see the price, I get excited. So I'm saying, okay, Lord. Where's the next? You with me? Do it through me. Do it through me. I want to give X. I put down my numbers already. I said, Lord, I want to sow so much. And it's in the millions. I'm saying, Lord, I want to sow so much into this project. Why? If the project is so big, why can't I give so much? Why not? It must be on me because it's on the people. But if you don't allow God to process you, you see, you want a billion rand blessing with a 10 rand capacity. You see, process will stretch you. It will increase your capacity in order for God to pour into you what is required for the vision so that the kingdom can move forward. Amen. And then I'm going to go. This, one, this is where I really wanted to get to this morning. So don't judge me. I'm going to end with this. We're going to deal with the priesthood. And the fourth one is position. I might touch on that. But I want to end. I just want to make sure we get through this one. The priesthood is essential. Because this is the key. 
The Bible says we are a kingdom of priests in Exodus chapter 17. And in Revelations 1, it says you are the kings and priests. Are you with me? But the priesthood is critical because the priesthood deals with spiritual matters. It deals with the divine. Everything is spiritual. So if you only have your natural, you're in trouble. So when God gives you the priesthood, let's read the scripture. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Sorry, it was Exodus 19 verse 6. Not Exodus 17. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. You can go to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7. Do you have the NLT? Okay. It says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Listen. That is why scriptures say when he ascended into the heights, speaking of Jesus, into the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts. So the gifts he was referring to in verse 8 and 9 was not your gifting. It wasn't your gifting. He breaks down the ascension and, the descent and God descending and ascending in verses uh, 10 and 9, I think, and then 7 and 8 deals with the gifts. Now he comes back to the gifts. He says, now these are the gifts that I was talking about in the previous verses. That Christ gave to what? To the church, to the ecclesia, to the government. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and to build the church, the body of Christ. It's to build the government of the kingdom amongst the people. Listen to me. He says, I've given them as gifts to who? To men. That means Apostle Max is a gift for me. He's a gift for me. Here's the thing. When you get born again and you come into the kingdom and you don't know nothing of no scripture, I didn't even know books of the Bible. I had no idea about nothing. Like when I say nothing, I had nothing of nothing. I don't even think I ever opened up a Bible. I only opened up a hymn book, I think, in my life. You, you with me? I didn't know, Eden could tell stories of the Bible, and I had no nooks of nooks nooks. I, like, you know, when there was a clean hard drive, just formatted right now, that was me. Are you understand? I had no clue of nothing. How am I going to win from day one? It's not possible, unless I have a gift. I, I have somebody that can pray for me when I don't even know how to pray. I have somebody that can cover me when I don't even understand spiritual matters. Are you with me? So in the wilderness, when you're dealing with the priesthood, number one, they make intercession for you. Numbers chapter 16, don't go there. They made a tome of the people. Here the people are sinning. They speak out even against Moses and Moses. And now God says, this is what's happening. And God says, okay, now I'm going to start killing the people. And the plague breaks out amongst the people. Moses, the Levite, the priest, says to Aaron, he says, go grab that censer. And run amongst the people, and wherever the censor was, the death stopped. You see, there's stuff that you even go through in your season of process when you submitted. People don't like that word. It's a nice word. Say submission is a nice word. Say I love submission. Amen. I preached once at a, at a wedding, and I said, uh, wives, submit to your husbands. They pulled me apart at the end of the two people. Ladies came and said, listen here. I said, you go argue with the Bible. I'm going to enjoy the wedding. <laughs> they didn't like the word submission. Submission is a powerful word. Because when you submitted, hear me, even as a baby Christian, 
but submitted to a house and submitted to a gift that God has given you, there's a divine protection above you, upon your life that when, even when the plague was trying to come your way, God deterred that thing. Why? Because of your submission to the gift. Because you don't have the spiritual maturity yet. You don't have the spiritual power yet. You hear me? You must still transform your mind according and renew it according to the Word of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you don't even know about healing yet. You don't even know about your prosperity yet. But the priest, when he's praying for you and praying for the church, it means you under. Are you with me? You don't even know how many times death came to knock at your door that just because there was a covering upon your life that death was rebuked and rejected. You don't even know. Because it's a spiritual power. Hear me? It's the things of the spirit that matter. They cover you and protect you. Numbers chapter 21, the serpent and the pole. You with me? When the people started murmuring and complaining, God must send fiery serpents to bite them. <laughs> Moses, dealing with this people, what does he say? It says, Moses prayed. And then God said, okay, Moses, you're again praying for these people. Take my, a pole, put a serpent, a bronze serpent, and whoever looks at it will live. It was the priest. It wasn't them. They provide divine instruction for your journey. That's why whenever you have a prophetic word, the prophetic word is not a nice thing that the apostle said today. When the apostle said that it's the time for recompense, how many of you actually went to go study the word recompense? How many of you actually went to go look up what it means in biblical terms? How many actually went to go and find out where's the scriptures that deal with recompense? Why? Because that's the divine instruction for the season. If that's what God is saying, we better get onto the move. Are you with me? They provide divine instruction. That's why every time the cloud moved and the fire moved, they moved. This is all about the wilderness still, eh? The anointing brings victory. Exodus chapter 17, it speaks of where Moses, they're going to fight with the Amalekites. Moses, I'm going up on the hill. Look at the two. He says, I'm going to be up. You're going to be on the ground. I'm going to be dealing with the spirit. You deal with the natural. Are you with me? It says, as long as his hands were up, they were winning. But he came tired and his hands started to drop. What happened? They started to lose. It says, okay, then Eden and her came and sat beside him and actually kept up his hands. And because his hands were up, they won on the ground. The goal is not to tire out the priest. <laughs> Hit that summer. There's a sailor moment right there. Don't tire out the priest. Don't make it hard for him. He's accountable for your soul. That's a huge responsibility. But don't make it hard for him, you understand? That's why you must continuously be praying for the priest. You must continuously be sowing into the priest. Not for anything else, for your own life. Let me tell you something now. I can tell you for certain. There's stuff that I went through that I didn't even have to face because of what was on his life, not on mine. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you. There's decisions that I couldn't even make by myself. I had to go ask him, is this the right decision? Because I was so fearful that I wouldn't be, I would make a decision outside of what God wanted for me. I'd ask him, why? He's a gift given to me. I better take care of the gift. So it can continue to pour to me. God gives you the gift to do what? To give you victory in every area of your life. It's when we understand the power of the priest in your life. 
and what it means for you that you will walk in victory. He says, when his hands are up, I'm winning. How simple is that? How simple is that? When his hands are up, I'm winning. So if he's refreshed, if he's prayed up, if he's standing in the Word of God, he's doing what God is going to do, then I win. Because there's a grace and an anointing that is placed upon him for my victory. He's not given that grace for him. It's not for him. It's only for the people. So as nice as it is to think you're in the fivefold ministry, your life is given. Amen. So let's deal with seasons of transitions. In seasons of transition, I'm going to end with this too. Go to Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. It says, early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out of your position and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them, keeping clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. He says what? He says, listen to this. The priest, he says, don't, you must stay behind the priest. Why? Because you've never been this way before. Was the priest that way before? No. God gave them divine instruction to manage your transition to go into the spaces and places that God has got for you. It's a gift that is given. Amen? So when you honor the gift, the way you're supposed to honor the gift, the gift will give you the grace that is on that gift. It's a spiritual matter and not a natural thing. That's why, you know, when I sometimes come up, people say, oh, how's Max doing? Then I small want to run away. Really? Because the other right hand of fellowship wants to come. The problem is what? They will never eat of his gift and of his grace because they don't honor it for what it is. So one is you can lack understanding, but two is that you can choose to willingly look at a man as a man and not understand what God has given to you and put in your midst. Seasons of transition, you need a priest, you need a leading. It's only when they came to Jericho, and this is where I'm going to end, where they came to the place to take over dominion, it was the first time that they had to fully participate with the priest. That means there's a corporate priest, which is the fivefold minister in your life, but then there's your personal priesthood. Because what you're supposed to be doing in the wilderness is watching the priesthood and being trained by the priest to understand spiritual matters. Go to that scripture. We're going to end with that. I'm, I won't be able to deal with those this this morning. It's okay. The Lord loves us. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I've given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. And on the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priest blowing the horns. When you hear the priest give one long blast of the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. And when the walls of the town will collapse, the people will charge straight into the town. So Joshua then did what God told him to do. So listen to this. 
Here's the stronghold. You're coming into the place of promise. Say, I'm coming into my promise. You're coming into your destiny. What's the first thing you meet up with? It's a stronghold. Jericho's there. Everything you want and that is of value is in there. But the walls are there that you can't get in. The sword in the hand of a man would mean nothing unless that walls come down. Unless the stronghold be broken, the sword, your gift, means nothing. Your gift means nothing outside of the anointing. They needed the priest to go first in order to bring that walls down. Why? When they were walking around, spiritual warfare was taking place already. Every demonic power, every satanic squatter that was in that place and holding that fortress, trying to stop them from getting into where they needed to go to, was being brought down while the priests were walking around. Here's the thing. Even them as kings were following the priest, but on the seventh time, they had to shout with the priesthood. So when you praise with the Levites, the walls are coming down. When you pray, your personal priesthood, when you pray, that walls must come down. You see, you can jump and hit and smack and throw bricks at that wall. It ain't coming down for nothing. Because anything that has been erected spiritually in a place can only come down by spiritual power. So when you're going into territory, hear me, the enemy was where? Not in the wilderness, in the territory. The ites were sitting where? With a place of value. The ites are sitting in the territories that God has assigned for you and for your destiny. But before you go in, in your natural space and capacity, you must go in through your priesthood ministry. You must be praying over the place. The Lord said to me, I put down, the Lord spoke to me, says, what, what, uh, write down your stuff for 2030, put down vision. I'm like, okay, cool, 20. I'm like, 2030, Lord. He says, yeah, think about it. You'll be 50. I'm like, sure. Yes, <laughs> Judah will be 21 and Israel will be 20. I'm like, okay, wait, let, let, this is very sobering right now. You know, and I put out some drastic goals, like, you know, I want to do this, and nah, 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 nah. but I don't yet fully know, but I'm just putting out stuff that's big. The Lord says, okay, does your prayer life match what you're putting down there? I was like, I said, no, then change your prayer life, because you first must pick that stuff in the spirit before you can even think of having it in the natural. It's not going to come another way, hear me, because there are spiritual principalities that are sitting in places over the areas and the territories that you want to go into. You see, in the wilderness, it's demonic presences. It's the enemy that is your enemy. Are you with me? It's dealing with you. And it's where the demons are trying to torment you and afflict you and demonic spirits are trying to oppress you. But the minute you deal with you and understand who you are, you have victory. But when you go to a territory, there's principalities and there's powers there. They've been sitting there for decades and generations and they don't want to move. Hear me, they are not more powerful than you. But you can't go there thinking you're just going to walk in, you know what I'm saying, and I'm going to sing a song and then it's going to, ah. You better be prayed up before you go into that place. You better be going to that meeting prayed up by the Spirit of God with the wisdom of God to give you the strategy of how to take that thing over. It's not going to come in your natural capacity. It's going to come to the priest that's on the inside of you. Amen. And lastly is your position. You can come up. The Bible says that they could not go in or possess the land because of their unbelief. Do you believe that what I'm saying about you is true? Amen. I love the response. Can you believe that it's you? That challenge that you're sitting with, not in your home, 
that you're seeing in your environment or in your community, that thing that burns on the inside of you every time you see it. When you think about the youth, when you think about children, when you think about families, when you think about marriages, when you think about whatever the thing that burns on the inside of you, when you look at those things that's burning, do you know that the answer's inside of you? God has called you for a time such as this. It's time for us to believe that it's us, that we have the power to take over. We, let me tell you something. In one week, I had to change my prayer times. In one week, stuff that I've been pressing for is coming. In one week, I was saying to him, I said, look at this thing, how God is doing this thing purposefully to show me that it's here. That's why I'm giving you this word this morning. Are you with me? There's a season, this priesthood, the fivefold, will forever be needed for where you're going to. That's why even when you get into your territory, the Bible says, don't give the priest an inheritance. They didn't get their own space. You know that, eh? The tribe will even not got their own space. It says, in every other tribe, make sure there's a peace for the Levi. No matter what you're building, no matter where you're taking over, there must always be a peace for the priest. Not for anything else. To remind you of what's first and what's priority and how you got there. Because you did not come in there by your own power or your own hand. It was because of the Spirit and the power of God upon your life. Amen. You cannot fulfill your destiny without Him. Your purpose, if your purpose does not need Jesus, then it's not the purpose from God. I'm telling you right now, there's greatness that God has assigned to you. You can stand this morning. There's greatness that God has assigned to you. I want to finish with this. And there's a life that you, that's so far from your imagination right now. But God's going to open up your eyes in this season. He's going to show you what is designed for you and assigned to you. It's a season, hear me church. It's a season to get up and to pray. It's a season to get involved with what God is doing in this place. It's a season to connect like we have not connected before. These are all spiritual powers, spiritual truths that provide a spiritual power. Hear me, he says, when the brethren come together, when we dwell in unity, the Bible says, there's the, not just the blessing, the commanded blessing of the Lord. That means God commands His blessing on unity. Nothing else can come. Are you with me? When you connect it into the household of God, there's a flow from the altar into your life. It's a spiritual principle. God gives you everything that you need to overtake, overpower, and defeat the enemy. That's why it says, when they came there, they shut up Jericho. Why? Because they were scared of them. The devil is bound for you. Not in your natural capacity, but because of the Christ on the inside of you. Amen. I'm decreeing over this church that in this season, dreams, visions, revelational insights of who God has assigned and called you to be will birth, be birthed in this season. I declare over this church that we're going to walk in unity, fulfilling the purpose and the plan of God for this house and for your house in this season. I decree over this church that there's supernatural increase and supply and resources to do what God has called you to do. On every side, there's going to be a breakthrough and a breakthrough and a breakthrough. On every side, there's going to be blessing upon blessing upon blessing. The Lord is saying, enlarge your tempting. Stretch out your tents in the season and believe me for what I said I'm going to do in you. Break the old frame and set up the new frame according to what God has promised for your life. It's a season to step out and step into what God has ordained for you. It's a season to get up and fight for what God has ordained for you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen and amen. Yummy. This season. 
we're going to experience that as a church like we've never experienced before. I'm talking contracts, business, increase on every side. Healing, wholeness, miracles, signs, wonders on every side. Families delivered, marriages set free, children coming out of darkness and walking into the light on every side. You can have solutions for communities, solutions for nations, solutions to take the word wherever it needs to go. Finances and resources, there will be an outpouring in this season. We believe. We believe. Say it. We believe. The Bible says they did not enter because of unbelief. We are believers. And we're going in to possess what God has ordained for us to possess in Jesus' mighty name. God, we believe for Come on. God, we believe for a demonic squatter a demonic stronghold anything that's been standing in your way for you to walk in what God has ordained for you we break it down this morning we come in agreement we declare that the power of God is in this place to destroy whatever the enemy is erected over your life and over the territory assigned to you in Jesus mighty name hallelujah 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 with every head bowed and eye closed yeah. The first step is to be taken out of Egypt and that you can only do through the power of Jesus. It's through His life. It's through Him that you can experience your destiny. But it starts with Him. Everybody online, every head body, every eye closed. And even for those of you online. Get delivered from that dark place and be translated into the kingdom of Jesus. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you once did, you said the sinner's prayer, but you feel like you're so distant and far away from Him, just come back to Him this morning. If that's you, I want to pray for you. If that's you, you need to make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior. Just lift your hand very quickly. I'm going to pray for you very quickly in this place. If you're online, just DM us and let us know. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe with all my heart that you are the Son of God. You came down from heaven to this earth died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. You arose again three days later so that I can have life. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me with your blood. Make me righteous. Make me brand new. And 
birth your destiny inside of me. In Jesus' name we pray. We all agree and say, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. If that's you, pray the prayer. Come and speak to me after the service. If you pray that prayer online, DM us. We want to connect with you. We want to pray for you. And we want to give you some materials that can help you to grow in the season. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. It's time for the offering. Every time when you bring your tithe into the stores, it's a connection. Are you with me? When you participate at that level, you are able to partake from what that thing is able to give. So when you participate at the altar that is based on the kingdom of God, you access the provisions of that kingdom. Are you with me this morning? As you bring your seed into the stores, the Bible says in this kingdom, hear me, in this kingdom, I don't know about another kingdom, but in this kingdom, when you give, it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, running over, shall men pour into your bosom. Hear me, in this kingdom, at this altar. This altar and in this kingdom, it says that when you bring a tent, it says you open up the windows of heaven above your life. And pour such a blessing, you won't have enough room to store it. Your bank accounts won't be able to hold it. Your houses won't be able to contain it. You'll have to distribute it for the kingdom. He says he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Wherever the enemy's been hounding you, through your tithe, in the connection in the kingdom, the Lord rebukes the enemy. There's a scripture where the Lord, where the angel says, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Are you with me? It's the power that's released from this place when you connect to your giving and your obedience. Amen. Father, I bless each and every person under the sound of my voice. And as they bring your tithes and the offerings to the stores, I speak a profuse blessing upon them. I thank you for increase upon increase. And I thank you, Father God, for witty ideas, creative inventions, divine strategies and empowerment to take over the territories that you would name and assign to them in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to know why my picture wasn't in the young adults. I need to have a chat with the media team. I still fit in that category. Amen. 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 Awesome. Hear me. I'm trusting God in this season to do something so supernatural in this church that you're going to take territories for the kingdom. Because you see, the wealth is sitting in the territory. And in order for it to be transferred, you need to go into that place and it be given up to you. Amen. Let's stand for the blessing this morning. Just a reminder, next week is Father's Day. Apostle and Pastor Z will be back. Praise the Lord. I know he's coming with a word. I'm expecting. I know he's coming with something. I know. 
Whenever he goes away and he comes back, he comes with something. Why? He's a gift. Given to you. To bless you. So be a blessing. Amen. Father, I bless your people today. I thank you, Father God. That as we go forth in this season, that recompense is our portion. Whatever the enemies held back, taken, stolen in previous seasons, and wherever he's even sitting right now, that has been ordained in our destiny, I thank you, Father God, that there's a divine judgment upon the darkness now. And I thank you that there's a release of provisions, resources, graces, anointings, and empowerment to do what you've called us to do. I thank you that this is happening in a double quick time over this house, over this church, and over your people. I bless each and every person sitting under the sound of my voice today. I thank you that as they go forth today, they'll experience takeover, acceleration, and dominion in every area of life. In Jesus' name I pray. We all agree and say, Amen and Amen.